We are live for the 148th episode of the Bronx Farmer Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Lesluigi. Tonight, it's Andrew and I. Andrew, how are we doing? What's going on, man? We're here. Uh, the Yankees are still uh, as frustrating watch as, as you can imagine, but four wins out of six games this week. Uh, that's nothing to shake your hat at, but um, certainly still a, a lot of things that <laughs> we continue to bitch yeah. about this team, but you can't complain with the results this week. And uh, now we're heading out west for uh, a series against Oakland that we should, should knock on wood, um, do some damage on, but you know, it's the Yankees. So we're probably going to be here next week bitching about it then too. So what's going on, man? Dude, that it really perfectly describes because it's so funny. Like we're, you know, talking like the sixth inning right now. It's five o'clock on a Sunday. We kind of have a little early recording. Um, and we're just talking like the sixth inning. It's looking like, you know, because at this point with this Yankees offense, a three, two, three, even one run deficit feels like a lot, right? It just feels like, wow, I'm probably not winning this game. Like, with, you know, especially Cole just having a rough start today. It didn't look good, but hey, credit to them. They put together a big eighth inning. Harrison Bader gets a big two run double. John Carlos Stanton breaks out a bit with a nice RBI single, hard hit ball to left. And, you know, they get to win 5 3. But like you said, Andrew, this team's. Despite going four and two this week, you know, like to be honest, I was like, like I said, I think I said at the end of the last episode that I wasn't sure that they would, you know, I don't see a way they win two games against Texas. And look, credit to the pitching. I mean, they still only scored eight runs in those three games against Texas, and they still took two or three because the pitching was phenomenal. And that's, you know, that offense is insane. I mean, you look at that lineup. I mean, Seager, Garcia. I mean, they are. That's what Simeon. That's a great lineup. Even though a lot of the, some of those guys aren't having like the greatest years. One through nine, those guys can burn you. I mean, that is that's a dangerous team, and especially you know Evaldi on the mound. That's been the, probably their best pitcher all year. Obviously, Degrom, you know, half of him was unfortunate, but that's that's a great Texas team. And taking two or three of them, you got to give the team credit. But like you said, this team still has major problems. Like this is not sustainable. This this is really. I mean, we'll you know we'll get into Donaldson, we'll get into the Glaber issues and everything else. But yeah, we we're thrilled this team. You know. The goal is to win series, right? That's all you ask for. You win two or three both times this week in the two series. That's awesome. You got to keep doing that. But, yeah, it's really tough to to see, like, how this is sustainable, you know, with this offense because, you know, and then you have let's the whole just thing get right into it. Judge, you know, with the yep. dangers to judge, and that's I'm yep. assuming that's where you're going next. Like, you have to have these guys in the lineup stepping up. And, and yeah, DJ had a nice two-run double today. Um, you had the eighth inning rally, the, the Volpe double to start it, and then – uh, the Bader double, Stanton drove in a run. Like, yeah, you got some level of contributions, but they scored one run and one incredibly well-pitched game on Saturday, but they only scored one run to win that game. And then they should have won Friday night. Um, I know King give the two-run home run an extra innings, say that what you will, but like they, they shouldn't have even been there in the first place if they had any kind of representative outing because you had a really good start from Clark Schmidt in that game. So yeah, up and down the lineup, there's so many unknown. I don't even want to say unknowns. And I don't want to say black holes either because some guys do produce, right? Like Billy McKinney has looked really good. Jake Bowers has his moments. Harrison Bader. It hasn't looked great when he came back from his second IL stint, but we saw what he did when he came back from his first IL stint. Like, I think he could be a solid contributor in the middle of the lineup, but you have Rizzo, Donaldson, Stanton, LeMahieu. Like, these guys are veterans, and they're supposed to be just, I guess, you you don't even expect them to be super impactful bats. You just need them to be solid in the middle of your lineup, and they're not even doing that, and that's where, where you have so many issues, right? Like, if you're two, three, four, five, six hitters, most nights – are giving you nothing you can't you, you can't even come close to, to thinking about winning a game let alone being 
in a division chase playing for a wild card. I know they're still kind of on the fringe of that. They, they probably have the, the last wild card spot at by the end of the day today, but yeah, there, there's a, a lot of issues up in that lineup, but the biggest problem is, is the Aaron judge piece. So let's get into that. Yeah. Um, Aaron judge. I mean, cause like we said, it's been pretty cloudy on that whole front. So the guys, all we knew is like, I already hurt his toe. We didn't know it was ligament. And for the first time, you know, this past weekend, we hear that judge say like, yeah, he tore ligament in his toe and he's, you know, he still has some trouble walking and he's in a lot of pain. And all of a sudden this sounds like an injury that he could miss the entire season for. And like I said, that's why with this all, even with the Yankees going four and two this week, you kind of just look ahead and you say to yourself, man, like there's no like significant help on the way with this offense, like assuming judges, I let's say judge comes back in September right, or mid August. That's like, you know, that's like a fair estimation right now. It's just really shitty that we're going to have just have to go two, maybe three, four months the rest of the season without Aaron judge. And, you know, we've seen what this team is. This offense is without Aaron judge. And like I said, it's just not sustainable. Like they're 43 and 35 right now, barely, you know, I, obviously right now depending on there's a lot of games going on what other teams do like that they're like right on the they're basically right on the bump because you know obviously you're halfway through the season it doesn't matter the season's not ending anytime soon so all you ask for is to be like in the hunt right and they're they're right there but look man the al has a lot of there's a lot of decent teams in the al right like the blue jays are 43 and 36 right i mean the al central is a shit show whoever wins that's probably gonna have like 82 wins but, I mean, look, the AL West, you have the Astros, the Angels, the Rangers all having solid seasons. And, you know, even the Mariners at 37-39. Like, I know they're not great, but, look, that's there's still a lot of teams, like, in the mix. There's still a lot of teams that, like, can get hot and overtake you. So, it's going to be, like, a constant struggle throughout the year. And, like I said, like, where are the runs coming from? And with this judge news, I think... I think it's almost a must that you need to make some sort of significant trade now, depending on you know, what assets they have, who's available, obviously. But, I mean, there's no way you could just keep rolling out this lineup and expecting you know, to win 85, 90 games and get in the playoffs if Aaron Judge isn't going to be a hitter on this team for multiple well, months. Well, you know? from, from the it's fans' perspective, happen. yeah, you can't expect that. But from the team's perspective, uh, you know, there's, there's some level of arrogance, and, and I can't comprehend – how long it's going to have to go on before they get that culture shock, that awakening moment. But there is a level of, of arrogance where, where they think that, hey, these guys are established major league vet, uh, veterans. What was the quote today with Josh Donaldson that he had a really good barrel rate since coming back? So that's a, it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, just because you're putting good wood on the ball, if you're not getting it, you know, hit to the right spots, if your launch angle isn't great, if you're not strong enough to lift it over the fence anymore, what good does that do? Maybe that's the best you can do. A barrel where he hits a ball to left center field for 365-foot flyout, like, maybe that's the best he can do. What is the significance of that statistic alone, right? They get so caught up in these certain stats, and, and, and we were talking about in our chat today, there's unlimited number of ways you can use data to your advantage. And every team does it differently. Some hit on it, some don't. But clearly, whatever specific data points, metrics, analytics the Yankees are focusing on aren't the most impactful ones, at least not for the kind of roster they have built right now. Like a younger group of kids who are barreling up balls more, maybe they, they, they look at hard hit rate, whatever it may be, those may be predictors. But for this roster, it's just not working. And and, and they insist on, on telling us that they know better. And again, we talked about the gaslighting last week, uh, and, and, but it still feels like that's going to be 
the biggest Achilles heel for them is that they are so stuck in their ways and they're so sure, just very, very pompous in in their confidence that, that this is the way to win baseball games, that this is the way to a championship. And it's going to work out eventually. Eventually, you got to you got to be hitting the head, right? And, and realize that something's not working and that the roster you constructed isn't delivering the kind of results you expected. And you're falling further and further behind teams like Tampa Bay and Baltimore in the standings. And you're on, on the fringe of a playoff spot with a lot of mediocre teams, right? LA Houston this year without Jordan Alvarez. I'm sure they'll be great when he comes back. Um, Toronto. It's not a good spot to be for an organization that has the second highest payroll in baseball. And, I get judges out, but he's, we talked about last week, the only significant injury in the lineup right now. If you had four or five hitters all missing, you can use injuries as, a, as an excuse. Judge is the only guy, and granted, it's the biggest guy to be missing from the lineup, but he's the only regularly scheduled starter not in right now. So where the hell is the rest of the production coming from? Right, right. That's the thing. I think I said it last week. You know, Bader's out there, right? Like your main core, the guys you're relying on are out there for the most part. Obviously, except judge but you know this team you know no, no team not just the yankees can't just be reliant on one hitter i mean i always use the example like barry bonds literally the greatest hitter of all time right never won a world series and it's because it's just baseball is how you have a nine hitter lineup obviously the guys at the top of the lineup are going to hit more than, than the bottom lineup but you know it's it, it's you need a full team out there you need a full lineup and look Bader being back, and I know you said he, you know, he hasn't been great since being back, but him getting that big hit today was big. Hopefully Stanton gets it on, but it's just like that's that's another thing. And like I said, I don't want to just sit on here and like have like it's just such a tough spot because like I said, they went four and two this week. You want to like you're you're we're thrilled about that. We're very happy about that. But like we've said before, it's more it's not just about like the results at the end of the day, right? It's about the product on the field. And I know that Hal is just never going to learn his lesson because look, I mean, they had back-to-back sellouts this weekend, right? It's the end of June. Look, they're, they're the Yankees. Like, just think of it. 45,000 people basically at like all these games, 10, 15,000 of those people, give or take, however many, like are just people that are, you know, it's either their first Yankee game or they're not going to go to the Yankee game or they don't even watch baseball like New York and the Yan- Yankee stadium. It's just always going to be like a tourist attraction, right? People are always just going to be going to Yankee games, even if the te- product isn't good. So it's like he, Hal just looks at, you know, the sold out stadiums and thinks like, oh, you know, we're like in a playoff spot. The, the stadium's full. Like we, we just took two and three. Like that's all he looks at. You know, he just looks at like the big picture end result where we're looking at the actual product and saying, look, awesome. We beat the Rangers, but we scored eight runs in those three games. Like credit to our pitching. We have the best bullpen in baseball. Right. But I think I said it to you before the show, Andrew. We've had the bet like one of the best bullpens in baseball for the last five, six, seven years, and we've seen that hasn't gotten us to a World Series. So like we need more than that, and it is, like it we is just know like dichotomy. we just know that this offense is not is not it. We just know that this offense currently constructed is just not going to go into October and have any sort of success. Like there's just no way. I, I just I refuse to believe it. And like another thing that we'll obviously get into more is like the, you know them just thinking that like oh Stan, like I think Ruko said and obviously like. Ruko isn't like a part of the front office or anything, but you know, obviously he does work for yes. He's like, Oh, well we all know Stanton's like one swing away 
from a hot streak. I'm like, do we though? That pissed me off. I'm so like, do much. we? He he's he's fit like he's been a 180 hitter for the last year, man. He's 34 years old. He's had like, you know, like eight IL or however many IL stints he's had. Yeah, see, like, so I don't know, man. The guy may just be shot. And then like what, what he said, one what he away said from was being a 57 yeah. homer pace is crazy. I don't that, know. I, I think that's that's the difference. Is kind of where he may have gotten caught up in the moment a little bit. He's not one swing right. away from getting but the back team to being that like kind that. of hitter. Like the organization thinks like that. That's the yeah, point but, I'm making. But, but, but I, I think I think what, what Ruko maybe meant, and I, I, maybe I'm giving him too much credit here, but maybe what, what he actually meant was he's one swing away from making an impact in any game because he has that in him, right? He could at any moment right. step up to the plate and hit a ball 480 feet and completely shift the, the balance of one game. I don't think he truly believes that one swing like that is going to turn his season around and suddenly get him back into a 40 home run pace, hitting 250 and being a force in the lineup. I, I think most people who who've watched him this long understand where he is. And the, the, the biggest problem with Stan is that he takes so long to come back from, from injuries that like, like, what was it before today's game? I think he was six for 55 since coming back from the IL. Yeah. That's not that's basically a 100 pace, right? And, and I get if he has three, 400 at bats consistently uninterrupted, maybe he can start getting into a groove. But that's such a long time where he's just dead in the middle of the lineup, and that's that's causing that's costing you games. He can't play the field either, so he's clogging up the DH spots. Look, if you're banging, if you're banking on him being healthy, getting 500 at bats. And eventually having enough consistency to be moderately productive, that's that's I would say that that that's a that's a mistake. But I, I think that's all you can really expect from him at this point. And with the understanding that he's gonna get hurt and he's gonna have these long, slow, painful recoveries from each injury, you gotta really reset your expectations. Yeah, that's like I said, it's just kind of not fair to almost stand and just the fans and everyone that like, it's like they really, like I just could tell that they still think like, Oh, well like Stan, he's still this. And like, it's almost like the Yankees front office is just a bunch of like, you know, like we all have like those family members and, you know, if you know any like older, older, like 50, 60 year old people who like, maybe they don't like watch every game and they kind of just like tune in here and there. And they'll be like, Oh, well like the Yankees, they got Stan and Donaldson. Like just thinking of these guys from like four or five years ago. You know, and be like, oh, like, Stan, we got these guys. And it's just like, look, dude, these guys are old. Like, this is a young man's game, man. Like, look at teams around the league. Like, every other good team around the league will have, like, multiple hitters in their 20s who are good. Every team except the Yankees. Like, the Yankees literally don't have – it's like their only two hitters they consistently play that are in their 20s are, like, you know, that they, like, had actually plans for, like, being a part of their team are Glaber and Volpe. And obviously, you know, Glaber's having, like, an okay offensive season. I mean, it, I mean, we could like, I, I had it in my, like I, I, you know, my notes before the show about his base running and how just fucking brutal it is. We could talk about, but like this team just doesn't have, like I, like I always thought this team just doesn't have any like good young bats. And it's really frustrating. It, it's like I said, you can't rely on all these guys who are now in their mid thirties to just, you know, to produce like DJ, like DJ Rizzo, Donaldson, Stanton, like all these guys are past prime. They're all old. They all have, you know, 10 years of MLB experience. Like it's not they're Like I said, can all like can one of them or some of them reproduce that form for that, you know, their prime forms for a bit? Yeah, sure. 
But you can't, like I said, you can't bank on that. Like more often than, yeah, you do have outliers of guys that, you know, are 38 years old, 39 years old and have great seasons and come back. But more times than not, guys, once they hit 34, 35, just go straight downhill. And the fact that we probably have three, maybe four of those guys that we're relying on is very worrying. The team's very reminiscent of of the late 2000s Yankee squads, right? So you were on the back end of, of that 90s dynasty. Guys were starting to retire. O'Neill was gone. Bernie Williams had retired. Um, Tino Martinez was gone, right, at that that point. I think they did bring him back for right. a year, but then he was retired. At the really, all you had was left with was Jeter, comparable to what you had in Aaron Judge. The difference was is that those teams won four championships in the 90s. In two, right, in you could afford, right? yeah. This team didn't. So back then, like you know, 2005, 6, 7, 8, 9, well, 9, they won the World Series. But, you know, those few years leading up to it, they – they went out and they got a bunch of quote unquote big name, older back end of their career veterans, but they had star power so they could market them. Right. But these guys were, were limited in their impact. And I feel like that's what they're doing now. Right. That you have these, the four players you mentioned that are in their mid thirties and it's because they don't have a ton of star power in, in terms of young talent. You have Aaron judge, who's arguably the biggest face in baseball. And then you have a bunch of failed I, I don't even want to say they have a bunch of failed prospects on the roster because most of those guys are gone. Right? You really just have have Glaber Torres still. Sanchez is gone. Clint Frazier is gone. Tyler Wade's gone. Like all the, the the guys who were supposed to come up in the baby bomber era are already out of the organization now. So the Yankees need something so they, they grasp onto these veterans on the back end of their career. Like when they got Stanton, he was coming off the MVP season. That's fine. But the term on this contract is really hamstringing them now. You could not not resign DJ LeMahieu after what he did in 2019 and 2020, but we're seeing we we're paying the price that now. And I feel like that's a lot of what George Steinbrenner did at the end of his tenure running the ship for the Yankees. He would go out and just say, oh, I want to get that guy. That's a big name. That guy was good six years ago, but we'll throw him in New York. He'll still be a big star. And there, there's going to have to be a reset period, right? You have to wait out the clock to have these contracts go away. And that's a shitty spot to be in because – you have to be able to bring in every other position in the lineup with with young talent to kind of flo- keep you afloat. If two or three spots in the lineup are, are dead weight, you need five or six young kids carrying it. And the Yankees don't really have that right now. It, it's a it's a tough spot, and, I, and this is why we were so tepid about the perspective we have for the team go forward in our last episode, and we even considered like doing a 2016 level reset. Here, not, not like a full rebuild, but a retool kind of thing. It's tough. I, I don't know what the direction of the franchise is right now. It's not like Judge, sorry, not Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, LeMahieu, Donaldson are just going to suddenly flip the switch and be solid major league level players in the next week or so. If that miraculously happens, then yeah, the Yankees could get right back into potentially even the division race, right? Because they have the pitching to hold up. But we've seen enough of a sample size from these guys. We know they can't be those type of hitters anymore. And we're kind of just stuck because of it. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, we're relying on four guys who are all probably past their prime to be something, you know, to recreate their prime forms. And it's just probably not going to happen now. Like I said, I don't like, it's just, it's just such a tough feeling this episode. Cause I get really, I want, like, I want to be happy. I want to be positive. I want to, you know, Shout out to Luis Severino for a great start against that Rangers offense on Saturday. I mean, my God, like you really like, especially coming off those back-to-back losses, right? Just a back-breaking loss Friday, uh, the, the 10-2 loss Thursday. I mean, that and 
with the season Sevy's had for him to come in and you know basically shut out the Rangers, that was a phenomenal. So credit to Sevy, obviously credit to the bullpen the entire weekend. Um, but yeah, like we said, the pitching isn't the problem, even with the starting. I mean, another thing to mention is Carlos Rodon now has had two starts, two uh, rehab starts in the minors, and I believe he's gone seven innings and only one run in those starts. He's looked very good. So, you know, hopefully, I, I think at this point, like, no need to bring him back before the All-Star break. You know, you might you might as well just wait till the All-Star break and have him start, like, that first weekend after the All-Star break. But, yeah, that's a very positive sign. So, like, look, I think pitching with this team is going to be good. You know, like, I don't think I'm really not worried about the pitching at all. Like I've said before, it's never we never get eliminated from the playoffs. And it's we go, oh, man, if if our pitching was better, we would have won that series. That's never happened. So uh, I'm, I feel very good with about the Yankees pitching head and core. I mean, Garrett Cole today, right? He goes four and two thirds. That was the first time he did not go five or more innings since last June. I read on Twitter. I mean, that's phenomenal. I mean, even you got to get like Andrew, you, I, I, I know you made this point before, but that's the difference between an ace, like a pure ace like Eric Cole and then a guy like Domingo Herman. When Cole has a, he doesn't have his stuff, has, you know, doesn't have a good outing. He still gives you four and two thirds innings. He still, you know, strikes out seven guys. He, he's not terrible. Domingo Herman, when he has a bad outing, as we've seen in his last two starts, it's 10 nothing in the fourth inning. Like that's that's just kind of the difference. And yeah, that like those his last two outings, I mean. You're not going to get, I mean, his ERA is, <laughs> in his last two outings, I mean, he's given up 15 earned runs in five and a third innings. 15 earned runs in five and a third. That is unbelievable. I mean, he was literally, ha- like, he was having a good statistical season before his last two starts, and now it's just like, oh, wow, he's having a terrible year. It's unbelievable. I mean, 15 earned runs in his last five and a third innings against, and, and against two teams in the Red Sox and Mariners who, I mean, aren't juggernauts offensively. I mean, if he was going against, like, the Rangers and Braves, you'd say, oh, well, you know, those teams can get you. He faced two average offensive teams. So, yeah, the the Domingo issue, I mean, he at this point, I guess he, like, has to start. They really don't have much else. But, I mean, one more bad start. I mean, he... Well, look, the good news is is that Carlos Rodon had a, another successful rehab right. start with the Somerset Patriots today. Two, two solid. I would solids, say he's uh, probably going to need two or three more just because he really had no spring training at all. And he's going to need to yeah, have that. Like I said, up might as well just wait until after the all-star break at this point. Or at the very least another 10 days, right? He's going to need at least probably two more starts. And then you, you call him out. Oh, then I guess they wouldn't bring him up for two full weeks, right? Until he's, They'd call him like the day he would be scheduled to start, but right. he's going to need at least two or three more outings in the minors. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe like you look at where the schedule, the all-star break is in like four weeks. So maybe they just hold out for that point. It seems so arbitrary to just use that as, as a line of demarcation, right? Well, well, it, it's a break in the schedule, whatever. Like if the guy's ready four days for the all-star break, just bring him up then. Like, I don't know why you have to worry about this. They always use that as, at time, but because I, I was about to say, because I know this organization and I know they'll do that. They're gonna you know? try and spin it as as a trade deadline acquisition, like they do every year. Uh, we we talked about oh, Judge might be back at that point. It seems like he's gonna be August at the earliest. And then of course there was that report that if they find out what that he could potentially need to be out the whole year, he would have surgery in September, which would be a four month recovery, which obviously he'd be fine for the 2024 20, season. But then you've literally seen the last of him in pinstripes this year. And that's a shitty feeling. That's the other thing I did want to bring up is what do the Yankees have to gain by constantly being so vague 
about injuries. I, I, I get like you, you look at a sport like the NHL where they only deem stuff upper body injuries or lower body injuries. That's a sport where guys are constantly getting hit and checked and you don't want to disclose what muscle group, what joint, whatever is hurt, right? In baseball, there's nothing to gain or lose. Like if Aaron Judge, God rid had like a broken toe, which actually broke a toe, now that I think about it, it might have actually been better than a ligament issue, right? But if he had a broken toe and the Yankees just came out and said it, that does not change how long his time is going to be out. And it's not like you can target that as an opposite. No one's going to be throwing balls in the dirt to try and re-injure that foot right when he comes back. Why, what do the Yankees think they get in terms of competitive advantage by not disclosing that information other than potentially creating less of an urgency on the trade market? Like if you know that you're targeting right fielders to replace Judge, if there's less definitive long-term injury you know, with his situation, maybe teams don't hold out and gouge you for more. I, is that it? Like what, I, what else? Is, what am I missing here? Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I really can't like explain like the way they are with injuries, like how they're always so wrong, how like they're always so vague. It really just I think it just probably goes into them just trying to be smarter than everyone else and just trying to like out like, oh, we could just like fool these like these peasants into thinking that these guys aren't actually hurt. But, you know, like I said, most of the fans know better. And yeah, like it's definitely one of the most frustrating parts about this organization over the last few years is the way they've handled injuries. I mean, we've talked about it on so many episodes and every Yankee podcast and blog and, tw- you know, Twitter page has, it's unbelievable. And like I said, like it's little, the judge injury happened, what June 4th, like here we are almost three weeks after like, Oh yeah, there's a torn ligament. So it's like, dude, like why, why didn't we know this? The worst part like, is that it came from him. Week. He's the one who disclosed it yeah. to the media. Not the manager, not the, the GM. It's like still Why? having trouble walking. Like, oh, that's great, man. Like the injury happened and three Boone weeks ago. And Boone just said we, like we four no days idea. ago, like, oh, he's going to be starting pool work. And it seems like he could start uh, be close to a rehab or something like that. And all of a sudden, Judge said like it still hurts every time I take a step. So how is there so much of a disconnect? Yeah, it, it's it's such a bad. And like I said, another thing that I wanted to mention is, look, we've I think I've been the most vocal about Boone's moves. Right. I mean. Pinch hitting Donaldson for Billy McKinney that Friday night. Your bet, like, literally your bet, Billy McKinney's been the best hitter on this team for the past, like, week or so. To pinch hit Josh Donaldson for him. Like, that was unbelievable. And, it, like, hit, look, did it because it was a lefty-lefty matchup. But, I mean, Billy McKinney this year, small sample size, yes, it's three for five against lefties. So he could obviously, like, get a hit against a lefty. And, I mean, it's not even about that. The fact that you pinch hit Josh Donaldson for him, it was, that was, like, an unbelievable. Like, I literally, I, like... That game, I mean, we were that was one of like the worst Yankee law. Like that's the thing. The fact that they went four and two this week, but it just didn't feel like that because like you said, their two losses were just brutal, right? The, the you know, they're losing ten nothing. That right? Friday it was one of those night games where like, like multiple losses. Right. Like, you know, Thursday night, like it was one of those games where like I, I checked my score app and it's like four nothing right away, right? Ten nothing in the fourth. So that's a brutal loss. And then, you know, you have that loss Friday night with the moves, with the, you know, Bader just sitting for no reason. And then IKF misplaying that ball in center and the run scoring. And then, you know, that being one of their two runs they scored again, the extras, uh, it just like frustrating losses. And like we said, we could, you know, sit here and be like, yay, we won two or three and be, have like a positive, happy episode. But between just watching the product on the field and the judge, like the judge, we could have went six and zero this week. And that judge news comes out and it's like, well, like it's like that he's it's sad to say like he's the team he is the offense like that we are relying like we need him to even have 
a half of a shot at like, you know, doing anything this year. And, you know, him being out for a significant time is just so frustrating because and that's something I, something else I wanted to get into. Like I was saying with about how before how it's, you know, he's all about like, oh, well, the stadium's packed. You know, we we've won four of six this week. You know, we're in a playoff spot. So he's like, what's there? What's why are people mad? It's like, dude, because the product is not good. This is like, you know, we're, we have a week left in June. This has been the worst offense on all of baseball in June. And that didn't change this past weekend. I mean, they like I said, they scored eight runs in three games. They're still averaging uh, under three, you know, three runs a game. Like they, you know, did most you say, nights did you they, say last they week on the hit. podcast, their their season on base percentage was under 300 or was that yeah. just for the month of June? No, no I'm, I'm almost positive on the season. It was like 298. Uh, but like, like the third worst in Yankees history, right? Yeah, the third worst in Yankees. History. Like the season, that would be only be their third time having an on base percentage, team on base percentage under 300. Like yeah, so the problem with and, the offense. And like nothing, nothing's really changed with that this week. Like you look at the scores, like they scored like three, four, two, one, two. Like, you know, they're still not scoring. Like, and that's why I say, like, I literally want to spend at least like five minutes this episode just puffing up the pitching and puffing up the bullpen, even with Domingo's blow up start, like credit to Clark Schmidt, credit to Luis Severino, credit to every guy in that bullpen, right? I mean, yeah, like credits, like that was a huge, like I said, two straight losses that were both brutal. Like the, you know, team, the, most of the fan base is just so fed up and you come out and just shut down the best, pretty much the best offense in baseball, like credit to like without this pitching, without this bullpen, this would be a team like 10. We would be the Mets right now. Like, look at the Mets. Yeah, like yeah, they have I, I, like the Mets have really similar offensive problems that we have, like with like guys not producing guys, but their pitching is fucking awful. Like their bullpen today, if, you know, if we recorded this like an hour after their bullpen today, let up three runs in an inning with allowing one hit. And I think they'd end up giving four up like four. Like they hit yeah, like yeah. terrible. And it's like if our bullpen was like that, yeah, we would be like 10 games out of a playoff spot. And we would be talking about, you know, firing the manager and blowing the team. But like the only reason we are still half decent is because of this bullpen. And, you know, yeah, but to Eric your point Cole, about too, about how, right, like he didn't understand why that the, there's so much aggression in the fan base, like why we would we'd be so frustrated about the state of the team and it's only middle of June and we're still in a playoff spot. It's like, dude, cause you, you sold us a bill of goods. You, you told us that this was a championship caliber roster. Ryan Cashman says stuff like we're a fully operational battleship, right? You talked about the quote from a few years ago, championships, not championship. And we ha- we're still waiting for that first one. That's why the fans are, are so livid, right? Last year, I get it was an unreasonable start to the season, right? They, they won, what was it? They were 52 and 18 through the first 70 games. Mm-hmm. We may yep. never see that again in our lifetime, right? That was a pace to win like 125 regular season games. No one may ever accomplish that in our lifetimes. And obviously the team fizzled out because it's very similar to the roster we had this year. But at a certain point, you can't keep talking about yourself like you're the big, bad New York Yankees, that you're going to do everything in your power. You're going to exhaust all of your resources to create a championship caliber team. And yet we still see teams like we've watched for the last month and a half, right, where you have so many failed prospects or, or struggling prospects in the middle of the lineup when you have old overpaid veterans not performing, when you have to rely on guys like Billy McKinney and Jake Bowers, who you called up from the minor leagues like i do like those guys and i'm very happy with the production we've gotten from them but when that's a centerpiece of your offense right now that's a problem yeah exactly it's like look billy mckinney's been awesome bowers as well has had some big hits he's been great they've exceeded expectations but like that's the thing like they, they were part of the master plan 
Like the fact that like these guys are like now we're relying on them to be some of our better hitters. Now it's like as this lineup's currently constructed, like when Billy McKinney comes up, I'm like, wow, here we go. Like McKinney's up. Like, here we go. And it's like, like I said that the other night, right? When like McKinney got up, I'm like, all right, come on, McKinney's up. And I'm like, God damn it. Am I like, I'm hyped Billy McKinney is up. And like, this is a team that should have like such better hitters and such higher caliber hitters than Billy McKinney. And it's like, really, it's no disrespect to him. He's at a, a, like a 1000 OPS. He had the literally the only run Saturday with that home run. He's been awesome. But like you said, the fact that we're relying on those guys is just is just not not what we envision. And like we said, it's like it's really not about the like because how I feel like how is all he was looking at is the win loss record. And it's like, look, this month, even though despite the offense being like terrible, their the record's still not like I think they're still like barely above 500, barely 500 this month. So it's not like they've been just such a terrible team, but it's the product on the field. You know, it's the product of just like I don't think they've scored more than like f- six runs in a game since that Mets series, you know, in the last, like t- look in the last 10 games, they've scored five, one, two, two, four, three, one, two, five. Yeah. Right. Coming in like that today, this now you know, like, before the game was they'd scored three or, or less runs in 12 of their previous 16 games. Now they did score five today. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but at one right. point it was two runs in the bottom of the eighth inning and you were looking like, you're just going to keep it going. <laughs> so right. it's not, like it's I said, like I said, and, you know, we were down, the fact that we were down three nothing early, like I think I tweeted, I was like, man, like this feels like a 10 run deficit right now. And like, yeah, they came back, you know, credit to them. But it's still like that was like I think they now are two like when trailing after like five by two runs, like they were like one and ten and now they're two and ten. So, it, you know, it just showed like this offense has like, it's just been brutal. And like you can't like credit them enough for winning two of these three games. Hey, maybe this gets them going. Maybe Stan or maybe they all start hitting. Who knows? Because look, let's talk about their next week. They play. They're, you know, they're on the road all week, right? Six games, but they play Oakland and St. Louis, right? Those two, you know, those are literally two of the worst teams in baseball. Now, obviously, Oakland had like the miracle winning streak where they were beating like the Rays. They beaten the Braves. So like Oakland can still beat you in a series, like we've seen, but. At the end of the day, they are twenty and sixty, and at the end of the day, the St. Louis Cardinals are thirty-two and forty-five. And Cardinals are weird scenario believe... though because they should be a lot better, right? Like Oakland, we knew everyone knew was was going to suck. Cardinals won the division last year, and they still have a right. lot of. They still have some good players, too, but yeah, yeah. Like it's so that's the thing. It's going to be interesting. Like we're obviously going to on uh that Sunday against St. Louis, we're going to be uh facing Gumby most likely. So that'll be fun. He'll probably go seven shot it out against us. Um. But yeah, like I said, this is a series where we could definitely, or assume this is a week where they could definitely, maybe they go five and one, maybe they, maybe they start a nice little winning streak, right? And build off this, you know, four and two week. And, you know, like I said, even though that's against two bad teams, you know, win counts the same. So like I said, maybe they get going, maybe this is the start of something great, but it's really tough to be confident about this team moving forward with that judge news it's really it's they're gonna they're probably gonna have to make a trade because like i said i don't see even if you tell me judge is back like end of august mid like i don't i'm not sure if they could tread water for that long without him in the spot they're currently in like if they were three four five games you know in front of a playoff spot i'd say one thing they're a half like right now as it stands they're a half game up on a playoff spot right like they are like the Angels, the Astros, the Blue Jays are all, but even the Red Sox are within a few games of them. So like you are not in like a comfortable position at all right now. And like I said, if Judge is going to be out for more than a month, you're probably going to need another bat to help you win a few more games. 
because this could get like even with the good week. It's like I said, you can't rely on the bullpen to keep doing this. You can't rely on the bullpen to keep like, you know, like they had five shutout, pretty much five shutout innings today against the best off best offense. You can't really keep ha- having that happen. Like that's that's you're going to regress to the mean at a certain point. So I don't know. It's like they need help. They definitely need offensive help. Yeah, and the only help that we're getting is Ian Hamilton is supposedly going to be active right. for for the series which, in Oakland. Like, I, mean, I have no like, idea you know, who, the rich gonna, richer, but yeah. Yeah, but who who's going to be the guy to actually pay the price? They already optioned Matt Crook when they brought up Brito last week. Brito will start again, so he's not going anywhere. Um, Nick Ramirez looked pretty good today, um, and yeah. outside of like that one game in, in Boston, that was the the blow up game. He's he's been a nice left hander out of the bullpen. I don't know what that move is, but it's, it is nice getting back Hamilton. Um, you forget guys like Jonathan Weisiger are still out and who the hell knows when he's going to come yeah. down. Efros and Trevino uh, had Tommy John Trevino for sure. will be out this year. Efros, maybe there's an outside chance to be ready late in the year. I don't know, but that's really it. The reinforcements are only in the bullpen, which is already the strongest unit in major league baseball right now. And what are we doing about the offense? At a certain yeah, point, we're going to have to start having like a, a trade deadline uh, advance podcast and just look at potential guys yeah. and I, I don't want to wait for the, the and i talked about this in our chat i think it was like friday night you know like the, here's the 10 most likely players to be traded because then as soon as that article gets dropped everyone just gravitates and latches onto those names and all you hear is well why is the are the Yankees trading for this guy it's like you didn't even know who that guy was two weeks ago until everyone started talking about it <laughs> so yep. we should actually do like uh, a, a, an exhaustive list and look at, at teams that are kind of on the fringe that might be looking to sell and Maybe start pushing our own narratives. Maybe I don't know. Possibly, possibly, but yeah, because like I like I said, it's kind of unbelievable how like the bullpen that's like been the the thing the Yankees have gotten the most right over the last like five or six years. It's like they're the bolt the guys they get their bullpen arms they're consistently exceeded expectations. It's unbelievable. I'm like if only we could spray a little, sprinkle a little bit of that magic into the offense. I mean we we would be golden. Because, like you say, like, and another thing that they may have to consider doing is even if you have some guys in your bullpen who you really like, you may have to consider trading some of them for some offense, right? Because it's like you said, dude, like, if Luizica comes back, I think we don't need all these guys in the bullpen as great as they are. Like, hey, maybe if we could trade an Ian Hamilton or a Tommy Canely for a good, like, as part of a package for a good bat, we may have to do it. Because, like you said, we may not have room for all the bullpen arms that we have. I mean, that's a good problem to have. But like I said, we may, that may be a way that we translate that in offense because, you know, the Yankees are very unwilling to trade like any top prospects as we've, as we've seen for the most part. So, yeah, that's like especially now with the judge news. I think, yeah, the trade deadline episode will most likely be happening pretty soon. And by the way, Andrew, the All-Star game is actually July 11th. So it's more so in like two, two and a half weeks. Oh, it is normally All-Star. later, right? Like around the 17th, yeah. 18th. Time? I think it's okay. usually like a week later, but yeah, so it's, it's also, it's, I was about to say that almost makes like the perfect like landing point being at like two and a half weeks yeah. away. The season did so, start at the, I think it was March. Yeah, last week's year. March. So yeah. that, that could be okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much all we have today. I mean, any, any final thoughts, Andrew? No, I like, like we, we've said the same things over and over again. At least we were coming off a productive week right that the problems still the problems still persist uh the aaron judge news is bleak but the team did have a representative week and you just got to keep it going you you have to take advantage this upcoming week against two very feeble opponents 
And then hopefully we're sitting here next week and the Yankees have built on something, right? One, maybe, I don't know, eight of 12 kind of position themselves solidly in the wild card race. And then you kind of take it from there. Yeah, that's like I said, just take it one series at a time. Just try to tread water with Judge out as long as you can. I mean, like I said, you really can't expect the bullpen to keep pitching, the performing the way they have. But goddamn, I really hope they do it for a bit longer because we really need it. And yeah, it's like I said, two winnable series coming up against the A's and the Cardinals, right? Two series that we should win. Hopefully get another four and two week, right? That should be the goal. And yeah, like it, it really may be time to... Uh, Time to find another bat with Judge probably out for another month or two. So, but you know, like someone said it on, I forget who said it on Twitter, but it's so true. It's like any, any time you just want to fucking say, you know, I'm done with this team. I, I can't stand them. Like they always just like, you know, like they always just find a way to win a few more games and just to keep you just enough hook. Like it's so, it's so annoying. Like I can't get over, like they can't just be bad. Like they refuse to just be like brutal. Like, as much as we complain about them, as much as we're like, oh, my God, this team is so remedial, we can't stand them. Like, they will always put out at least a decent product. Well, isn't and that exactly how you felt we, after that after that extra innings loss on Friday? You were like, that's it. That's the final yeah. straw. Yeah, how, that was, how like said, that was one Aaron of the worst Moon losses hinted. of the year. Yeah. So you're just like, that's it. I've seen enough. I can comfortably just walk away from this team this year. I, I'll, I'll, I'll track the games. I'm not going to make a point to go to games. I'm not going to sit down and, and dedicate – innings one through nine on a nightly basis. I'll do it sometimes, right? But I, I, I can't be all in on this right. team after I saw that. And then they win two games back to back against one of the best. Yeah, teams they, the league. So like, and, it, yeah, and, like you know, the, and the game Sunday, you know, there's an eighth inning comeback. And it's a great, it's like you said, it, like they just refuse to be bad. Like they just, it's, it's unbelievable. You got to give them credit, right? Like you do have to give them credit for that, but it's like, it's the frustrating part where it's like, look, we like the, the whole thing is with the Yankee fans. Like, we, look, we want, we don't want like a good, pretty good team. We want a great team. And this is just a good, like, decent team right now with a really bad offense and a great bullpen. Like, this is not, like you said, we were promised championships. We were not championship. We haven't even gotten one. Like, we want we want better. We want a better product. But, you know, the the goal in, in baseball is to win a, win series, and they did that this week. They were 2-0 doing that this week. So, hey, like, with the current, you know, like, you can't get mad at, like, the individual guys in the roster except for Glaber for uh, keep getting thrown out in the bases and misjudging pop-ups. But... Other than that, like it's, you know, the the team that's out there, it's like you could tell there's like, a, especially offensively, a clear lack of talent. And, you you know, you can't like just hate them for that. Right. It's clearly like, all right, you look at the lineup and, you know, they're not probably not scoring more than four or five runs. So, you know, like I said, hopefully they got uh, like our main core. A few of these guys step up. We start averaging more than three point three runs a game. But regardless, we'll be here. We'll be watching and as much as we complain about this team. We love them. So for Luigi, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we'll see you next time.